This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Citizens, welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. And this is the show that's going to crack an egg on it. Caca! <laughs> oh, catchphrase, right? At the, what a great catchphrase. At the top. I oh, love it. It's like once you hear that, you're dead, maybe. Probably. Probably. You hope. It's the Robin Call. <laughs> crack an egg on it. Caca! So good. I love so it. So good. Today. You guys are in for a fucking treat. Oh, you didn't even know yet. Roger Ebert gave us an absolute gift. I'm going on record right away saying this is possibly the most enjoyable movie we've watched on this show. That's high praise. High praise. It absolutely is. I loved every second of this thing. We are talking about Teen Titans Go to the Movies, directed by Aaron Horvath and Peter Rita Michael. Yep. They direct the TV show, too. So Perfect. There you go. This movie's so good that I forgot that it was an Ebert pick. Really? Just because yeah. he screws us constantly? Yeah, I was like, just like oh, God. When you just said Roger spawn. Ebert, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? <laughs> so. It was good. His bony finger pointed down the Ouija board. Yep. He whispered down, if I have been good this way. I like it. You're you're trying to set us up for failure next month. Next time. <laughs> We're good now. Yeah. He gave us the goods already. We got a whole month of picking on him now. Perhaps longer. <laughs> You've good good call on that one. <laughs> Thank you, Loki. <laughs> yes. Have you ever seen Teen Titans go to the movies? I have not. And how many times have you seen it now? Three times. Yep, same here. <laughs> it's it's impossible not to rewatch. It is, and it's 84 minutes long. It's, it's like, yes, please. Impossible not to rewatch. I have no problem yeah. watching this thing over and over again. It is so good and so funny. I could watch it again right now. I'll pause right now. I'll throw it right on. I do not mind. It's that good. <laughs> I would but love it, to watch it on the Fortress screen. It really is kind of a testament to everything we do here. Yeah. It's a love letter to comic books. Absolutely. And comic book movies in the best way possible. The best way. And it's not afraid to make fun of them, which I or love. Or itself. Or anything. Nothing is safe in this movie. Nothing. In, this is- Yeah, for a PG children's movie. <laughs> nothing is safe. <laughs> yeah. This might be the most self-aware movie we've we've watched in 132 episodes. And we've seen both Deadpools. Yeah. That says something. This is definitely, for me, it competes for the best animated film we've watched. And that's saying something because we did do Spider-Verse. That is incredibly high praise. Yeah. If you guys want a treat, pause it right here. Go watch this movie. It's on Amazon. You can rent it. And then come on back. Yeah. This one is one of those you do not want. Too spoiled for you, but if you want to listen here without have a ball too. However you want to do However it. However you want to do it, this is just one that I recommend so highly up front. Choose so. your own adventure with the spoilers. Right. R.L. Stein, Goosebumps, you flip her through the chapters, got the, the <laughs> glitter cover on it, and it never works out. No. It never works out. Just like, I don't want to establish a story again. I know I'm a teen already. This is weird in a museum probably with a mummy. 
I don't know. Or an amusement park. Right. <laughs> I think those are your only two options with him. There's a superhero, Goosebumps. Is there? Yeah, I don't remember it, but there is. I'll find it. It's got an orange cover, I think. Okay. That'll narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like a favorite Goosebumps title that like you just remember the name of so perfectly? Say Cheese and Die. That's the exact one I was just <laughs> thinking of. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? It's great. It's got that great cover with the the family and of skeletons just right grilling out. It's great. Looking up the Goosebumps superhero book now. Let's see what we got. It's Attack of the Mutant. Oh, so he's an X Man. It looks like they did it on the TV show too in 1996, season two, episodes two and three. Oh wow, two parter. Yeah. yeah, just to get you really excited for this one. Skipper Matthews in it, <gasps> star played by Dan Wari Smith, of course. Naturally. Then you have uh, Melissa Bathory, and Maurice Godin, and Mag Ruffman. I mean, who else? Adam West. Shut up. As the Galloping Gazelle. Um. Well, I didn't know I needed to watch it, but now I need to watch it. I didn't it. know that this was going in this direction. Yeah, this is, we're already off the rails in oh, the best yes. kind of way. <laughs> in the Adam West kind of way. Teen Titans go to the movies. Want to get into it? Let's get into it. Fantastic. Welcome to Jump City, home of the Easter Bunny, I assume, because of all the bright colors and the copious Easter eggs. Yep. They're everywhere. It's constant. Like, I had to watch the movie three times to catch half of them. (laughs) Balloon Man, a giant pink balloon man. Can't make that up. He's come out of nowhere. Sometimes names are just too clever for their own good. Right on the money. He starts destroying the city and robbing a safe from a bank and- the Jump City Police Department can't stop him, and it seems like he's just going to keep terrorizing the city until our titular heroes arrive. Go, Teen Titans, go! Go, Teen Titans, go! Oh, they're going. Oh, they're going. Beast Boy, will get there, turns into a porcupine <laughs> and pops one of Balloon Man's butt cheeks. That's right. Which loudly leaks gas, and, and Balloon Man's like, I'm not farting. He's like, it's just air escaping from my butt. That, that's and farting. And I love how they point out, that's what a fart is, bud. <laughs> I like how we set the tone already. Boom. It's perfect. Love it. Balloon Man has no idea who the Teen Titans are. He mistakes them for lesser known members of the Justice League. There are no lesser known members of the Justice League. I like that Cyborg's one like, do we look like we're part of the Justice League? (laughs) Well, bud. One of you. One of you. You, mostly. Right. You. Yeah. And also he mistakes them for the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Which is amazing, too. It's so good. I think Starfire is the one who says, we'll get there. How she says, that, or is it Raven? Raven. I don't know. We'll get there. We'll get there. Like, that's a totally different superhero universe. Which yeah. I love how they just set the ground rules amazing. here. Like, yeah, we acknowledge all capes. <laughs> all capes are welcome in this movie. It's fantastic. Equal opportunity jokesters. So the Teen Titans launch into a rap to explain who they is. It's amazing, to put it really, really lightly. It's so good. We start off with Beast Boy, voiced by Greg Sipes, who could turn into any animal. Any animal? Any animal. Including Animal Animal from from the the Muppets. Muppets. (laughs) So good. So good. That broke me. I was like, any animal. All right, I'm in. (laughs) Starfire, voiced by Hinden Walsh, is an alien princess that uses the word the too much and can fly and shoot star bolts. Whatever those are. Neat. They're green. Yes, they are. Cyborg, who you've probably heard of, voiced by Carrie Payton, is a robot man who can turn his body into all sorts of weapons, and also there's meatballs. There sure are meatballs. 
Because... And I love in his song oh. how he starts, booyah, booyah. So good. Oh, my God, it's so good. So good. It, oh, everything about this. I feel bad because Ray Fisher probably saw this and he went, motherfucker. <laughs> he Just, leaned in. That's that's how you got to do it, apparently. Just how you don't get cut. Lean into the booyah. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, booyah, booyah. So good. Robin, voiced by Scott Menville, is Robin. You've heard of Robin. You sure have. He's the team leader, and he has baby hands. <laughs> he sure does have baby hands. <laughs> I love that on-running joke about baby hands. It's so good. And then finally, Raven, voiced by Tara Strong, has demonic powers she inherited from her evil father so she can teleport herself and others and use telekinesis through dark magic. That's right, Kyle. Those are our- Using mind bullets. Mind bullets! <laughs> Those are our heroes. I love the Teen Titans. They're Like this version especially. This version like, is I've read some of the phenomenal. Teen Titans- comics they've been around since the 60s yeah i think this grouping here though just nails it like when they recognize what they have here yeah like this is teen titans go yes this isn't teen titans right teen titans is a totally well it's the same thing but it's a different but the go thing. is like shrunk down <laughs> i don't even know any other way to put it yeah it's just just teen titans it's more colorful in the logo alone everything else. exactly <laughs> that's exactly what it is so while the Titans are distracted performing their rap, Balloon Man starts terrorizing the city. Right, because the Teen Titans are doing their rap out towards a camera that's not there. Exactly. Balloon Man turns around like, morons, and just carries on destroying the city. Yeah. Like, now they need help. So some uh, members of the actual Justice League come to intervene. It's Green Lantern, voiced by Liliotti. It's John Stewart, Green yeah. Lantern, too, oh. which is awesome. Love when they use John Stewart. Absolutely. Wonder Woman, voiced by Halsey. <laughs> that's very cool, too. And Superman, voiced by Nick fucking Cage. He finally got to play Superman. As soon as I heard his voice, I was like, yes! I had yes! to stop the movie, and I went on IMDb. I went, that's not. They, no way they did it. No <laughs> way they did it. They did it. I was so happy. Nick Cage famously never played Superman. He was supposed to play Superman and Superman Lives, the Tim Burton film. Right. That never happened. Would have been tied to the, the Burton verse of Batman. Exactly. And he also is such a huge Superman fan that he named his kid Kal-El. Yeah, nerd. Big time. But that is awesome. <laughs> That's very cool. That is wild. It's insane that, that they Nick actually- Nick Cage is in like, this movie. Who else could we use? And he's not even the last one. Not even the last big name that's going to pop up by any stretch of the word. Long shot. Superman criticizes the Titans for being childish and not taking anything seriously. And he brings up the fact that they don't even have a movie to prove their legitimacy. <laughs> this movie's very self-aware. Super self-aware. Robin's like, all right, well, we beat the bad guy. Do you guys want to hang out? And Superman's like, oh, no, we have a, a movie premiere for Batman to get to. I like how when they go to the premiere, it's Batman again. Batman again. <laughs> it's so good. The Titans decide to attend the premiere, but naturally, they're not on the list. Of course they're not on the list. You know who is, though? The Challengers of the Unknown. Oh my god, that's so deep. Insanely obscure. That is like a ridiculously deep cut. That's a Kirby creation from like the 40s. Yeah, it was such a deep cut that I went, I don't even have to look that up. I know that's real. Absolutely incredible. And it's great because you have the guy who's checking the list, the bouncer. He's like, you're not on the list. I don't know who you are. He's yeah. like, the Challengers of the Unknown. It's in their name it's in that the name. they're unknown. unknown. <laughs> and the joke was so good that I was like, yeah, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. Absolutely is. So the Titans sneak in using Raven's portal. He's like, oh, how do we get in now? Raven's like, oh, I can do portals. So they portal in. I love how they just forget that they can portal. (laughs) And when they get inside, all the seats are taken. So instead of just standing, 
they send the challengers of the unknown into a, a void. That's through, right. Another portal. Exactly. No one's going to miss them, they say. Exactly. They're unknown. It's in the name. <laughs> Superhero movie director extraordinaire Jade Wilson takes the stage, voiced, of course, by Kristen fucking Bell. Because of course. Because of course. And she introduces the film, and she also tells everybody in the audience that everybody's getting a film. I love how like the screen behind her has all the DC so many logos. main roster of characters. Like, everybody's getting a film. And I like how they start going into these like teaser trailers for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It is just... Mwah! We get the teaser trailers for the upcoming spinoffs of Batman again. In the first one, you get the big R on the screen, and Robin's eyes just light up. He's like, oh, it's, yeah. it's happening. It's happening. And when they zoom out, it's Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> and I got excited. <laughs> it's so, so good because they call him the ultimate grime fighter. Of course. And they say, coming broom. Coming broom. Which is perfect. Brilliant. The next trailer for next summer turns out to be for the Batmobile. <laughs> the car. <laughs> the car got a movie before you. Also, coming vroom. Coming vroom. <laughs> of course. The final teaser comes up for a movie filming for next, next summer. Right. And this is where Robin has his heart. He says, maybe it's next, next summer. Right. And so Robin is like, this one's got to be about me. It's about Batman's most trusted friend and his right-hand guy. <laughs> so Robin jumps up on the stage and he's like, thank you for making a movie about me. And then the trailer's like, the utility belt. <laughs> So, so good. And it's just Batman putting just, I don't even know what it was, just something into it. Yeah, I think it was a wallet. It's like, he puts things in it. It's great. I was a little upset that that one didn't have a coming oom. I don't even know where you could possibly go with it. I don't either, which is why it didn't have one. Smart. Bail. Bail when a joke is done. I love it. So the whole audience laughs at Robin because he thought he was getting a movie. But he's just a silly sidekick. He sure is. So he kind of just leaves. Sulks out of there. He gets laughed out of the theater, basically. The other Titans decide that in order to get a movie made about them, they're going to need an arch nemesis. It makes sense. It makes total sense. You can't be taken seriously if you don't have somebody that you're always fighting. So nearby, there is a villain breaking into Star Labs to steal a crystal. He's taking out security guards, <laughs> just being awesome. Yeah, but I like how he puts it. What's it called? The Patron, Patronian Crystal or something, something like, like that? Something like that. And he's like, the perfect plot device. <laughs> so good. I love it. He might as well have called it a MacGuffin. He didn't have to. <laughs> he, I mean, it, he nailed it. Yeah. Absolutely crushed it. The Titans arrive to try to stop him, but he defeats them using his mind manipulation powers. His mind manipulation powers are him saying, oh, look over there. No, yep. really. You're not going to believe what's behind you right now. Just one of you look. Just one of you look. The rest close your eyes. I, I cannot state how awesome and amazing it is what's behind you. And the part that blows my mind is that it's Will Arnett. It is Will Arnett. And he is playing Slade. Because they have to have an arch nemesis. That has a really cool sound. That has name. a really cool sound. Slade. Slade. And we should say here that Slade is Deathstroke. It's Deathstroke. But they did not want to say Deathstroke because it's a children's, children's movie. Children's movie. So they didn't want to put the word death in it. So they just left it at Slade. But they did keep saying that he's Deadpool. They absolutely <laughs> did. And I love that so much because he's like, I'm, I'm not Deadpool. Stop calling me Deadpool. <laughs> oh, you got guns. You got swords. Lots of heroes have guns and swords. <laughs> if anything, Deadpool is me because I, I was first by a lot. <laughs> so good. So self-aware. So good. 
But he gets the crystal, and he tells the Titans that they're all jokes, and he leaves. It's not nice. No. Very mean. Very villainous. So Robin's pretty bummed. He goes to sleep, and he has a dream. This dream sequence here is just clever. It's so smart. It is so smart. I didn't expect it. You do have this, like- African drum beat going on, and you have someone yelling, Superheroes, check it out! <laughs> Superheroes, check it out! <laughs> and yeah, it's a Lion King reference. It is 100% a Lion King reference, and it is so well done. You have these random superheroes like popping their heads up from the prairie. Yep, <laughs> the they're all like the running King. over, and uh, like Aquaman is swimming over. <laughs> And then you have Batman standing on the cliff holding Robin <laughs> up <laughs> like baby Simba. And then everybody's disappointed. It's like, what? It's just a sidekick? Oh, my God. It's so good. So Batman throws him yep. off the cliff. <laughs> it's so good. But they're doing the song perfectly. Have we said who plays Batman yet? We have not. It's Jimmy fucking Kimmel. It's Jimmy fucking Kimmel. <laughs> Because, of course, it is. Because why not? He has barely any lines. Right. But the ones he has. They're great. So good. And then we also get like an Adam moment also where Robin accidentally steps on him on the red carpet earlier. Yes. Should say the Adam. It's Pat and fucking Oswald. Pat and fucking Oswald. It's amazing. Everything that's happening in this movie is amazing. It's like they're like, all right, so we have who we have for the main cast. Let's just go nuts with the cameos? We might as well. We got $10 million to spend. I don't think we need to spend that. I don't think so. I mean, we already have most of the production stuff set up because it's an existing TV show. This seems easy enough, boys. Let's just do it. Just spend some money on some music and some actors. And oh boy, did they. (laughs) Robin's going to wake up from this nightmare. And Beast Boy is going to come into his room and be like, hey, we know you're pretty bummed out. We made a little movie for you because we know you want a movie so bad. Come to the living room and watch it with us. Reluctantly does it. He does. And he shuts it off, not very far into it, because they make a joke about his baby hands. They absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, guys, I have a dream about having a movie made about me, and this is not it. So they're like, you could just keep watching. Yeah. Keep watching this movie. And we worked like, really hard on it. He's like, no, I want a real movie, but I'm not good enough. And they're like, it sounds like what you need is an upbeat, inspirational song <laughs> about life. And that's exactly what we get. I love that Cyborg just has all these cassette tapes that he puts into his chest and then just plays music. But I also love how he has the speakers that come out from his back. Yeah. And whenever you see him come out, like everyone gets real excited about it. <laughs> it's amazing. And so he plays an upbeat, inspirational song about life with the help of Michael Bolton as Elisa Frank Tiger. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you just say Michael Bolton? Michael fucking Bolton. That's more like it. It's so good. It's absolutely incredible. Like, every moment of this movie is just bringing me more into it. Yep. I'm like, what else could they possibly do? Give them time. Michael Bolton. There's plenty to go still. <laughs> so the team heads to Hollywood. They, they take a road trip to Hollywood. They do run over Michael Bolton along the way. yeah. And then immediately abandon the scene. That's the right move. Like heroes. After you run over Tiger Michael Bolton, <laughs> you leave. Doesn't Cyborg go like, I think his dad's a cop. (laughs) And they just run. (laughs) What? I love it. I love it. Upon arriving in Hollywood, they get to the WB back lot, only to once again not be on the list. Also, right, they once again remember Portal? Oh, right. Portal. Portal. 
And I love how once they walk onto the back lot and they see the Warner Brothers water tower up yeah. there, Starfire is like, that's where the Animaniacs live. It's like, fuck yes, man. Movie. Yes. How are you hitting every note perfectly? Everything. I feel like kids watching this movie in 2018 would not know who the Animaniacs are. I feel like kids watching the movie in 2018, a lot of this stuff is way over their heads. Yeah. And that's why I don't think that this is meant for kids in 2018. Honestly. And we will get there. We will absolutely get there. As they're walking through the back lot, there's an interesting fellow in the background. Just brooming away. Just brooming away. Until sure he's he gets not. gets screen time. Until he's not just uh-huh. brooming away. And he grabs the camera and says, hey guys, it's me, Stan Lee, here for my subtle cameo. <laughs> and wait, we're not going to ask if he gets snapped or not. We'll get there. We will get there. <laughs> it is actually Stan It is Lee actually Stan Lee. In one of his final cameos, And too. it's so good. It is absolutely incredible because once again it's super self-aware it is and you even have like the one guy walk up to him and whisper in his ear and he's like it's a dc movie <laughs> <laughs> i gotta go the titans arrive on a set where jade wilson is directing batman vs superman 2 yeah, of course and in this particular scene batman and superman are mid-fight they sure are and superman's like wait what's your mom's name martha Oh, hey, that's my mom's name, too. My mommy's name is Martha, oh, too. Cool. Wait, what's, what's your, your dad's name? <laughs> Jonathan, mine's Thomas. Thomas. And they go back to fighting. <laughs> Great. DC knows how to pick on itself. We'll get there. Absolutely. I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> oh, man, this movie. So Robin goes to Jade and asks her to make a movie about him. And then he sings a song about how awesome his movie would be. The song is really... Just about Robin. It is. My movie. My movie. My my superhero superhero movie. movie. It's so catchy. It really is. At least that part. I couldn't tell you any of the rest of it. I don't think there's, well, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot. There's special effects. Lots of special effects. Even my cape is special effects. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And his butt would be 3D. And his butt, yes. Of course. Yes. This is my butt in my movie, my superhero movie. It really is incredible to see. It's so good. Jade Wilson's like, thank you, Robin, for reminding me why I would never do a Robin movie. (laughs) (laughs) It checks out at that point. Yeah. She tells the Titans the only way she would ever make a movie about them is if all of the other superheroes went away. I have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) It's great because the rest of the Titans are like, oh, I'm sorry, Robin. Robin's like, what are you talking about? She just told us what we need to do. Exactly. And Raven's like, kill all the other superheroes? He's like, close. (laughs) Not that. I love how the plan turns into we need to change their origin stories. We need to undo all the trauma that caused them to be superheroes. Which is amazing. So good. So the Titans are going to travel back in time. On their super time cycles, whatever. Just big wheels. I love when the when they show up, though, that they're playing the Back to the Future theme. They sure are. Oh, my God. And I like how Robin constantly like, we need to go back to the future. To I the, mean, past. the past. The past. <laughs> And then they they go full tilt and they play Huey Lewis in the news. They absolutely they play back in time. Do and they first go to Krypton. They go to which Krypton, is about to blow up, and they save Krypton with a cool techno song. That's right, EDM save Krypton. But I also like how you have the dad who's doing a Marlon Brando impression oh, too. Oh my god, it's so good! It really is. And that joke is just for older folks for sure. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> so after they save Krypton, Superman disappears from the cover of the comic they're carrying. Yep. So they go and they have to stop Wonder Woman from becoming Wonder Woman. They just bully her. They, they just do. take her. They just take her lasso, her lasso truth, truth and jump rope with it. 
Watch Day won't let her play with it. She cries, and that makes her not a superhero anymore. I love it so much. They maybe kill Aquaman by just dropping one of those they plastic litter six pound in there. One of those six pack. Uh, yeah. The plastic. The yeah, rings. the plastic rings. And he gets all tangled in it. And I think they kill Aquaman. It's possible. <laughs> and then they go to Batman's origin, which everybody knows. Which is absolutely incredible because <laughs> you have Bruce Wayne thanking his parents for taking him to the theater that night. Yep. And says, oh, let's take a shortcut through here. To which they stop him and say, don't go down there. It's called Crime Alley. <laughs> and all you see is just people firing guns. It's great. And Starfire's <laughs> like, why don't you take this shortcut down nice way or whatever whatever it is and it's just like all rainbows and butterflies people offering pies right amazing so they live yep they live and there's no batman anymore so they go back to the present and they find out the world is in shambles because there are no (laughs) superheroes to protect it and robin's only comment is are they still making superhero movies though (laughs) which i absolutely love and what i love even more than that is you have cyborg say well altering the space-time continuum didn't work who saw that coming? <laughs> like, we're like halfway through the movie. So and the good. plan just fails. Amazing. So they go back in time again to undo everything they did. Right. So when they go to Krypton, they just start beating the hell out of the sweet rhythm maker <laughs> that's there. And I love how you have Jor-El put Kal-El into the spaceship. Yeah. And Kal-El's just all crying as he flies away. It's like, oh, it's sad. I get it. Yeah. They end up fishing out Aquaman and cutting him loose. Yep. They start jump roping with With Wonder Wonder Woman. Woman. And then the best one imaginable is when they're outside of Crime Alley with the Waynes. They put a pearl necklace around Martha Wayne (laughs) and then they push them into the alley. All you see is gunfire. And Robin giving a (laughs) thumbs up. It's so dark. It's incredibly dark. I love it. And it's one of the funniest (laughs) things I've ever seen. They get back to the present, everything's back to normal. I just like how we just took a side quest, more or less, in this movie. Yep. It did not work, and it doesn't pertain at all to the plot. Not at all. It is so well done. And it's so much fun. They get back, and they see that Slade is back to his shenanigans. Oh, yeah. He has snuck into Wayne Tech and is energizing the crystal's power. So the Titans show up to stop him. And this time, they put up an actual fight, and they don't fall for his mind manipulation. Isn't this when he points to Robin's chest, and he's like, you got something on, you got like a schmutz. Yep. It's right there. Uh, it's very distracting. And I love how Robin's like, that can't be true. I'm not wearing a shirt. And then for one (laughs) shot, he's not wearing a shirt. And Slade is like, how? (laughs) Will Will Arnett is a treat all the time. They're going to fight, and it's going to be like an actual fight, like a comic book movie fight. Oh, yeah. And they pull out all the stops, and they manage to secure the crystal in the Titan Tower vault, but Slade is going to escape. Well, Slade talks them into escaping, in a way. Kind of. Yeah, he kind of he separates them, and it's just him and Robin one-on-one. Right, and, and he, he tells like, Robin, he's like, I, I, you're going to be a very good arch nemesis for me. This is a good thing we have going yeah, here. So you're next going time. to have to let me go because that's what happens. It's how this cat and mouse works. Right. You have to let me go and then you have to foil the next one that I do. I love, that's how this game works. Robin's like, no way, you're going to prison. He's like, that doesn't make me an arch nemesis then. That's just, that's a one and done. Right. Pretty smart. Oh, yeah. So Slade gets away and he resolves that all he has to really do is split up Robin from his teammates. Seems easy enough. The next day, Jade invites the Titans back to Hollywood and announces that she's going to make a movie about them due to their recent impressive fight with Slade. That's right. It was dope. It was a dope fight. 
While Robin is living his dream and being given a tour of the premises, Raven, Beast Boy, Starfire, and Cyborg are pooping in, in a prop toilet. <laughs> That's too real. I believe that. It's way, way, way too real. And that happened on a set that I was on. Really? Uh-huh. It was on the Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. And it, I don't remember which office set it was. Oh, no. I think it might have been like the big one yeah. that's there. But all the walls there were fake. Right. Because outside of those walls, you obviously have so much like crew equipment being stored and things like that. But they also built in bathrooms in case a character had to go into that because there were some things written in like that. Yeah. And there was one day where, sure enough, someone walked on the set and took a shit in the fake toilet. Oh, my God. it was real. And then just abandoned ship when they realized there's no water and it didn't flush. Oh, no. And then there was a really big argument. Who has to clean this? Right. Because is it going to be the locations, which is my department at that time? <laughs> or is it set dressing? Who won? We did. That's good. Uh-huh. Yeah. But someone took an actual shit <sighs> in the fake toilet. In the fake toilet. So this is based on reality. I'm sure this has happened many a time before. Oh, I'm I'm- Positive, but I love in this how every single one of the Titans goes and poops in the toilet. <laughs> you have to imagine by the time Raven poops in there, she has to know. There's got to be like a Stan Marsh, like Curix, just oh, absolutely. Up there. absolutely. You can't tell me that. Cy- well, Cyborg is also mostly robot, so it could have been a small shit. But Beast Boy definitely shits green. I can tell you that right now. He has to, without a doubt. And who knows what Starfire's pooping No out. idea. <laughs> wow. All four of them. All four of them. All it's four a really long poop joke in a fake toilet, it and is. I love it. And Jade is like, it's fine. I deal with people like this a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> so then Raven, Beast Boy, Starfire, and Cyborg start beating up Slade. Right, because he's on set. Right. But it's an actor. It's not actually Slade. It's Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Which I think it's Cyborg who says, that's worse than being a villain. <laughs> <laughs> and then they beat him up more. Uh-huh. Which is amazing. Very funny. And then they get into other shenanigans, like distracting Superman so they can sneak onto the set of a bigger movie because that movie has a better craft services table. That's right. They say no shenanigans, and then they sing a song about, about shenanigans. shenanigans. I love they call up Superman and pretend to be Lois Lane and say, Gene Hackman is trying to get me involved in some kind of real estate scheme. <laughs> so good. I need you to come save me now or no smoochy smoochy. <laughs> so Superman leaves, and that's how they get in. When they're inside this set, they see a giant doomsday machine. It says on it, doomsday, doomsday device. device. And it is heavily guarded. So Cyborg tries to destroy it with a rocket that he shoots from his back, only to have the rocket thrown away by Superman. He came back. Who's back. And he belittles them as goof-offs. And he says, hey, you can't get past me. I'm Superman. It's true. So the four of them throw a kryptonite party. (laughs) (laughs) I like how they distill kryptonite down into a spray bottle. Yep. And and they just spray him. him. And Superman's just on the ground twitching. And they just start (laughs) piling kryptonite on top of them it's amazing they have so much of kryptonite it. party <laughs> and cyborg just kind of kicks them away and then jade and robin show up that's right and robin's like what are you doing to superman he's a national treasure wink ding <laughs> it's amazing so good jade explains that her doomsday device is just a terrible acronym for a new streaming service it stands for digitally ordering online movie streaming directly at you and i love how she's like admittedly we could have done better. It's a bad name. 
she decides she's going to drop the rest of the Titans from the film because of their shenanigans, but she's still interested in making a film solely about Robin. She's like, but he'll never do it because, you know, his friends mean so much to him. And Robin's like, I'm in. It's a big turn. It's a huge turn. And the rest of the Titans are like, wait, what? They're all very disappointed, but they do wish him luck. And Starfire even gives him a big hug before they leave. So Robin's going to keep going about making this movie. And I like how they like put a fake chin on him at a point. They and a, a giant wig. Butt. <laughs> and a fake butt. And he's getting all this adoration from fangirls. And he's like, he's loving it. Except he sees this one girl who's got a drawing of him with the other Titans. And he's like, oh, I miss my friends. And Jade pushes her out of the way. Yep. <laughs> and then he's scrolling through like photos of the, of the Titans on his little communicator thing. Right. And he's like, I really miss these guys. And Jade's like, come on, we got to do the last shot of the movie. Your friends are doing great. Don't worry about them. Yeah, I called them to make a cameo. And they said, no, nah, we can't. We're doing way too well. We're doing way too good. Do a cameo. <laughs> and Nick Cage was like, what does that mean? Right? <laughs> so Robin has to film this last scene. It's a scene where he returns to Titan Tower after defeating Slade. And he has to punch in the code to the, the vault because. Exactly. And the second he pushes the first button on the keypad, a light from the set falls and knocks him on the dome. Knocks him out. Knocks him out cold. But he comes to, and uh, and Jay's like, oh, no, you got knocked out. We should we should finish this scene no, tomorrow. No, I'll, I'll finish it now. Like, I'm a professional, it. damn it. Jay's like, oh, wow, you're so good. Thank, thank you for being such a professional. And then he goes into the tower for real. He's hitting the button, and when he opens the door, he's like, wow, this set's amazing. And Jay's like, that's because it's not a set. Yeah, you dumb dumb. And I'm Come not on. Jade. I'm... Slade. Slade. And she pulls off her, her jade mask, and underneath is the Deathstroke mask. Uh-huh. It's so good. It's very good. So, wait, you were wearing a, a woman body mask over your superhero suit? Your supervillain suit? Wasn't that sweaty? It was very sweaty. Very sweaty. <laughs> so Slade retrieves the crystal from Titan Tower, where it was locked up earlier, and now he is going to use it to control the world with the Doomsday streaming device. Right. Because baked into this Robin movie is an actual hypnotism thing that's going to control everybody who watches it. And it's going to be streamed to every screen in the world. Exactly. And Robin is kind of pinned up against the wall and his arms and his hands are kind of like cuffed. Yeah, they get cuffed. Against the wall. And he also. Is, he's, he's trapped. Just, he's stuck. Slate explains that he made all the superheroes star in films so they would be too busy to stop him and i'm like that's that's brilliant it is completely brilliant so good i love that and then he stole individual pieces of tech from their cities so he could build his massive mind manipulation device he leaves robin captured stuck to the wall and he self-destructs titan tower sure does the big old t it's coming down it's coming down luckily robin's got baby hands <laughs> he starts getting very depressed like i'm nothing i'm just a sidekick with baby hands <gasps> baby hands and he just pulls his hands out of the cuffs <laughs> and he escapes the burning tower just in time to watch the whole thing come down and then he pulls out his communicator and he's like hey guys try to talk to the rest of the titans he's like i'm sorry i messed up and then they're just there <laughs> they absolutely are. <laughs> no time wasted yeah they're like oh no i mean we we knew you were going to be back Let's go get Slade. On to the next thing. Keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So the Titans go to the premiere of Robin the movie, where Jade tells the audience that Robin won't be in attendance because he has explosive diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> it's a kid's movie. 
Diary is funny. Yes, it is. Don't ever forget it. When the Titans show up, Superman's like, oh, he's so brave for being here with explosive diarrhea. Wow, fighting through explosive diarrhea. What a champ. (laughs) So good. Nick Cage saying that as Superman. Yep. Everything I needed in life. Nothing better. The Titans unmask Jade and show the audience that it's actually Slade. But it's too late because Slade has already unleashed the crystal's power and he takes control of all of the superheroes. And he's like, hey. Get the Titans. Yeah, that's a bit of a problem, isn't it? So now every superhero is going after this group of sidekicks. I like how they run out of this theater and the Titans see a golf cart. Yep. And that's like the logical thing for them to get. They get on the golf cart. Cyborg opens up his jetpack back. Yep. And just launches the golf cart. And they are just cruising. In a chase scene. Cruising through the back lot. I love the Batman moment here, too. Oh, my God. So good. Where Batman's chasing him. First, he comes out in the Batmobile. Right. And they blow that up. Yep. And then then he's he's on the Batcycle. Cycle. So they blow that up. Then he's on a, what was it, a bat scooter? Then he has bat rollerblades. Yep. And then he's just all of a sudden riding Alfred. And then Alfred's <laughs> just running, and they're like, wow, this guy, we can't. There's no quitting him. He doesn't ever stop. And then Stan Lee jumps onto the golf cart. That's and absolutely he, he's like, right. I don't care if it's a DC movie. I love cameos. <laughs> it's so good. It is really the perfect button on Stan Lee's life. It honestly is. For this being one of his last cameos. This is so perfect. It is absolutely perfect. Does this stand get snapped? Absolutely not. No, not a chance. No way. Not a chance. This is probably my favorite Stan Lee cameo. That might not be true. Spider-Verse is probably my favorite one. That is a good one. This one, though, is right up there. This is definitely up there. Something about animated stand just works better than real stand. It goes right to the heart, I think. Yeah. And this one is just the most self-aware stand. Absolutely. It is. Like, Stan Lee... He had a bit of a roller coaster life and career. Yes. It depends who you ask if he's a good guy or a bad guy in yeah. comics. Most people will say, like, as a promoter, there's been no one better. Right. Comics wouldn't be where they are today without Stan Lee being as hyperbolic as he was about everything. Oh, absolutely. Really blurring the lines of credit and making himself <laughs> seem like he is the end-all, be-all of all these things and- and it's unfortunate. That's yeah. that's a well-known thing in the comic industry, that he did not give the right people appropriate credit, and he stole. Right. He stole ideas. Yeah. And not even just like, oh, I'm going to write this instead. I'm just going to take this and say, I did And it. say, I Stan wrote Lee it. presents. <laughs> but older Stanley, after he got taken advantage of with the whole POW and Stanley Enterprises or whatever it was, Stanley Productions. Yeah. After he started doing all the cameos and stuff, you got to see, I think, who he really wanted to be. This guy- who had this heart of gold, who you always were happy to see. Yeah. This yeah. guy who was nothing but just joy personified. Yeah. And just had a love for this material. Eventually. Ave- well, yeah, eventually. Eventually. Maybe just because it, it made him famous. But. Exactly. That's why I think that when you have this guy saying, I don't care what this is, I just love cameos. Like, I yeah. think that is the most appropriate it's so good. thing. Especially when he crossed the line to DC. Yeah. He wrote for DC towards the end of his life. A little bit of a crossover thing. Like, okay. It's not unheard of for people to cross that line. No, not at all. I didn't know Stan did it. But... Yeah, Stan did it. All right. I just think that this is so appropriate. It's the perfect it button is. on Stan's life. It, it's like the the ex- exclamation point at the end of the Excelsior. Exactly. And his last line in this movie is Excelsior. Excelsior. Yeah. Perfect. After, after Robin's like, I don't have time for you, Stan Lee. <laughs> and throws him off the golf it's cart. Perfect. So good. Robin decides that he's going to go after Slade with the rest of the team leads the other superheroes away. And once the other superheroes are led away, Raven's like, oh yeah, portal. Portal. (laughs) 
So she teleports the brainwashed superheroes into the Black Void where the challengers of the unknown were sent earlier. Exactly. And it's so good to see because they're so just so funny. happy to have friends. They're like, oh, we're going to get rescued. And then all of the superheroes attack the challengers <laughs> of the unknown. I misspoke earlier when I said they were from the 40s. They debuted February 1957 in showcase number six. They were, in fact, created by Jack Kirby. I knew that. Possibly with Joe Simon or Dave Wood. Okay. He was working with Joe Simon a lot of the time, though, so it's possible. Again, things get blurry when you go that far back. It's in the name. Unknown. Exactly. (laughs) Robin and Slade are going to fight one-on-one, and Robin is going to fall into a room full of screens that are playing his movie. My movie. My movie. In fact, Slade quotes that song back to him. (laughs) like Special effects. So many special effects. Even your cape is special effects. I love it. I like how Robin's trying not to watch. Robin's like, I won't watch it because he knows that it's going to brainwash him if he looks at it. Right. And then his buds show up. And they they burst into the room and they start zapping all the screens and taking them out. But it's it's too late. It is too late. He's got the purple eyes now. Yeah. Slade has Robin under his control and he sends him to attack his teammates. Not what you want. Cyborg is like, hey, wait, I know what to do here. And he, he takes the, the VHS tape and he... Puts it into his chest. I love how he crossed out Young Justice on it. Yep. <laughs> the right Robin's movie. That's so good. And he shows Robin the homemade movie, or the rest of the homemade movie that they made. And at first, Robin's like, still with the baby hands. All right, I'm a joke to you. Great. But then he sees that the rest of the Titans credit him for bringing them together as a team, and that they regard him as a true hero. And Robin snaps out of the, the hypnosis, and the team reforms, and they're going to attack Slade together. In their own way. They realize that they are not like every other superhero. Exactly. Unfortunately, Slade has a backup plan, too. He sure does. He's got a giant robot. It's so large. It's so big. It's, and he's like, come on, guys. Uh, obviously, I, I'm, I'm going to win this. I'm a giant robot. I'm You're a villain. Just... I got a backup plan. I'm a giant robot. Come on. And you guys are a bunch of jokes. <laughs> Let's not forget that. <laughs> what are you going to do? Fart at me, dance off, annoy me with your waffles. It's all stuff from the show. Yep. And he's like, no, really. How are you going to defeat me? With one of your silly songs? Portal. Portal. They try a portal. They do try a portal. It doesn't I like how his head goes up it, and he's like stuck. (laughs) When he drops down, he's like, oh, that was was weird. weird. (laughs) So good. It's so good. (laughs) I like how they remembered the portal for a brief second. Yeah. But when he taunts them with the song, Robin's like, yeah, actually, we're going to use the song. Absolutely. And they perform like a remix of the song they used. They sang it, Balloon Man. But this time they're like fighting Slade throughout the song, and it's so good. It's incredibly well done. It's so well It's like, I'm so hyped uh-huh. during this. I'm like, this song is back for a third time, and this time is the best time. Absolutely. I'm not sick of this at all. They're able to knock out Slade, the giant Slade robot. Yeah. And I love it when he crawls out of like the robot remains. He says... <laughs> That song was monumentally dope. So <laughs> good. So good. And they're like, yes, it was a good song. <laughs> teen, teen, titans, a teen, the teen, titans. It's so good. So good. All of the other heroes, freed from Slade's mind control and eventually the void, because they remember that all the heroes are in the void, uh-huh. they congratulate Robin and the Titans for their heroism. Robin says that he's learned to finally be himself. And when he tries to go on, everybody's like, what are, you, what are you doing? Credits. 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 It's just like, no, we did the thing. We're ending the movie. And Robin's like, no, I want to impart a lesson for the kids. And Starfire's like, it's not that kind of movie. This is one of my favorite jokes I've ever heard in my it's life. It's so good. So because the- Robin 
<laughs> jumps at the camera and he says, wait, kids, ask your parents where babies come from. Credits. Credits. So good. <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. It is such a good end joke because it, it makes you go, who the hell is this movie actually for? Right. Because now you know that if you had kids in this theater, that question is now coming up. And oh, you have a absolutely. Parent, you're looking at this movie going like, you son of a bitch. You got How me one more time. dare you? <laughs> <laughs> there is a mid credit scene. There is? We have the Teen Titans from the 2003 animated series show up in a distorted screen. And Robin's like, I may have found a way back. Ominous. That's ominous, but pretty neat because there are a ton of fans of that show. And they. Oh, I imagine yeah. in that moment, they were like, oh my God, no way. I was like, oh my God, no way. I was like- that- And I don't even watch that. I don't know anything about the show. <laughs> and I'm like, going to watch it That's now. probably pretty neat. <laughs> monumentally dope. Then there's a post-credit, kind of. Is there? I as, stopped. Oh, as the credits finish scrolling up, the challengers of the unknown <laughs> come okay. up. It turns out the credits were happening in the void. <laughs> and uh, the leader of the challengers is like, yeah, I think we missed the movie. That is so good. It works on two levels. Uh-huh. Because there's a movie that they were pre- at the premiere, and also the movie. I love it. This movie's so damn smart. I it's love ridiculous. this movie so much. That is Teen Titans Go to the Movies from 2018, oh. directed by Aaron Horvath and Peter Rita Michael. I can't get over how good this movie is. I love it. I absolutely love this movie. This is Unabashedly. Only- this is- a good movie, it's an incredibly smart movie. It is. And it's a movie that just absolutely loves comic books mm-hmm. and superheroes. It doesn't matter if you're DC or Marvel. They're taking their shots. Absolutely. They're having fun with it. They're pointing out the ridiculousness of what the <laughs> genre actually is and living within that. Yeah. And it's got more Easter eggs than the bunny. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I have a weird question for you. Okay. Because- Whenever people think of DC, it's always, oh, it's dark. Dark. It's dark and brooding. Right. What do you think about the animated stuff? I think the animated stuff for DC runs the gamut. It really does, because you do have Batman the Animated Series, which we've talked about on Patreon with Batmanimation, and how it is such a specific color set that they use. Tiny Toons colors. It is, and it's done on black paper, which is such an unbelievable touch. But I'm talking more modern DC cartoons because right away my head goes to Harley Quinn oh absolutely because Harley Quinn is just as self-aware as Teen Titans go to the movies a hundred percent just in a hard 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 rated R yeah but what does that say about DC in the scheme of like these television shows these cartoons especially this animated stuff that they're able to recognize how goofy the whole genre is, and poke fun at it and build a show out of just that. Yeah. Because now they've done it twice. That's true. At a minimum, twice. At least twice that we know about right now. I think it might speak to how kind of disjointed DC is as a company. Which is also fair. Because they are they're putting out stuff all over the place. They do not have a Feige who's like keeping everything in line. And I think it's working for them on a lot of different levels, actually. Because I completely agree with you on that. You're attracting different fans at different levels who want different things. Oh, absolutely. If you want like the hard R, really great comedy with great, huge, comedic celebrity actors, Harley Quinn is an incredible show. It's very good. It's so well done. And then they have also the hard R 
brooding live action show in uh, Titans. Titans. But I mean, they're and DC puts out so many more animated movies than Marvel does. Oh, that's what their bread and butter is. They're dropping the animated part. movies. It's and constant. I don't think animation gets the credit that it deserves a lot of times. Like even this movie, when you look at box office, yes, it was a huge success, but only based on its budget of ten million dollars. This movie made cumulative worldwide less than what Tintin made last week and we made fun of. Exactly. And that was just Tintin in the US made seventy seven million. This movie worldwide made fifty two million. On only a ten million dollar budget. Right. Don't so, forget. Yeah. Huge success, but also nobody saw it. And that right there is a crime. It is a crime because this is this is one of the best animated movies I've ever seen. And maybe it's because we're super close to the source material, but this movie would not have held any water had we done this thing, I don't know, a hundred episodes ago. Oh yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah. Like we you need to have the background to a point. Absolutely. To at least appreciate it. But I actually do agree with you. I think that DC, as they branch out in all their different directions, I think it really does benefit them. Because I, yeah, I don't think it's hurting them. Realistically, when you look at comics, they're not all the same. Right. They don't all carry the same tone around. If you look at something like Detective Comics with the Batman, and then you look at something like Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, they're oh yeah, massively different. One is incredibly lighthearted, and you should read it. <laughs> like Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, Matt Fraction, yeah, is one of the best comics series I've read so in good. a long time. Like I can't tell you how good it was and how funny it was. All right, but Detective Comics is always going to be good and consistent, and yes, you're going to put your top writer on it right in the moment, and it is going to be a little darker, a little more noir. Exactly. Yeah, but Marvel does the same exact thing. They, they just do. don't translate that over to the television side or right. the film side. Their other media because are it is, very locked down. It is down. one vision that is kind of realized yeah. the whole thing. I think what DC does is not genius by any stretch of the word. It's just it's what's working for them. But at the same time, just a few days ago, you had MODOK release on Hulu. So that's a good point. Patton but Oswald again. That is also something <laughs> that is a pre-Feige taking over the TV side thing that just lived through. Because Hulu was supposed to do like four different shows, and one of them was going to be Howard the Duck. I was very excited about it because it was being run by Kevin Smith. Right. But instead, we were just getting MODOK. So I, I don't know. It's kind of an outlier. Yeah. It's it's like they're, it's the last remaining thing before the full Feige lockdown. And we'll see how that plays out. I'm curious. I just think it's really interesting. Yeah. Because it's fascinating because you they really are doing the same thing, sort of. Sort of. But one is a hell of a lot more disjointed. Yeah. And you get to see the creativity of different people coming out, whereas you do have the one creative vision, and he is able to delegate that vision to other creative people. And I yeah. think that's when you see the individual visions start coming out that way, too. So it's yeah, it's very interesting, the way that both are different, but I do love how self-aware some of the DC stuff is, especially Absolutely. on the animation side. Especially on the animation side. I agree. That being said, Teen Titans go to the movies, Rotten Tomatoes. What are you thinking? 95. I wish you weren't so close because you gave me the look like I'm going to throw out a high number like a dickhead. Yeah. It's 91%. <laughs> Holy shit. Good. Audience scores 71%. Well, they're wrong. They are wrong. <laughs> I'm going to go a little out of order here because the Amazon one stars, 4.6 out of 5, 77% are five star, 3% are one star. And it was really just people who didn't get it. Okay. They weren't sure if it was for adults, for kids. Sure. They weren't sure where it fell. I felt like this one was going to get review bombed because I've read that a lot of people who like the 2003 series 
hate this. And I actually, even in my research, but I this isn't the two. This is not Teen Titans. This is Teen Titans Go. Exactly. And a lot of people hate Teen Titans Go because it's not their beloved Teen Titans from 2003. And okay. so before this movie even came out, like a week before this movie came out, I saw somebody tweeting about how terrible this movie was going to be because it was based on Teen Titans Go, and they just hate Teen Titans Go. And I think that is also a thing you see a lot more in DC. Maybe it's because they're so many different voices all the time that sure. you can you can latch onto one and go like, this is the tone I like, and hate something else that's similar but not. And I, I think that's it why- It makes you, sense when you I put it I feel like way. you see more trolls in DC. Without a doubt. They live there. <laughs> they love it there. And the only trolls that you see on the Marvel side are the ones who hate women. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's unfortunate. The, the ones who really love John Krasinski. Uh-huh. They love John Krasinski <laughs> and they hate a female-led movie. Yep. That's pretty much it. There are no real one stars, though. I believe that because this movie's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it really is that good. Roger Ebert, he graced us with this film. He yes. didn't see it. He had a dentist appointment that day. <laughs> but Helen O'Hara saw this thing, Empire okay. Magazine. Yeah. She said, smart and stupid in equal measure, this is a palate cleanser after the doom and gloom of Justice League. Yep. The Titans can make you fall back in love with the entire DC universe. Yeah, the entire comic book movie universe. That's actually a very good point there. It could, because this yeah. thing is a love letter to everything. Absolutely. Carla Meyer, San Francisco Chronicle. She says, Teen Titans never reaches that sweet spot where adult and kid humor align in a single gag. Is that true? I, I kind of get it. There's like a lot of adult-oriented jokes and a lot of kid-oriented jokes. I don't know that there's a lot of overlap. It's a tricky amount of overlap. Yeah. You have to kind of just be an immature adult. Which, luckily. <laughs> Boom. You found the right two. But I get it. I yeah. do understand that one completely. Yeah. Brian Tallarico from RodGieber.com says- Tals? Yeah. Yeah. Brian Tals. I'll be Tals. <laughs> he says, an infectiously goofy film, but also deceptively smart about why we love comic book heroes and the amount of stupidity we're willing to accept yes. within the genre. Yes. All of that, Yes. Absolutely nails it. That's perfect. And going off of that, let's give this thing a super stuff score. We could do that, but first. And now for another edition of the Cape Podcasters Theater. Booyah, booyah. Booyah, booyah. Booyah, booyah. I'll keep doing it all day, bud. <laughs> it wouldn't fade out. <laughs> So here we are, once again in the Cape Podcasters Theater, once again facing another Keaton Patty forcing a bot to watch a thousand hours or something. I figure right? we just we just sat through three times watching this WB animated movie. I can't believe you're doing this thing with explosive diarrhea. You are a champ. A champ. Yeah. Well, not the only one. Oh no. What? No, I don't I actually have no idea how I was gonna segue that. <laughs> okay. But let's move on. Uh another famous Warner Brothers animation. Okay. Keaton Patty forced the bot to watch a thousand hours of Looney Tunes. Oh, hell yes. And then asked it to write a Looney Tunes episode of its own. Here's the first page. I'll be doing the narration, the scene descriptions, and the part of Elmer Fudd. <laughs> okay. You're going to be doing Bugs and Porky. Oh, God. I don't know how to do a Porky that well. Okay. That's that's all right. I'm I don't know how to do a Bugs that well either. <laughs> that was perfect. The one I was more worried about, honestly. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Looney Tunes. Mel Blank is going to be offended. Yeah. Just make sure you get your oys in there and your... Uh, how does, uh, Moichendice. 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 Looney Tunes. Exterior, forest. 
Elmer Fudd, the man who grants death to animals, sneaks with his gun. He injures words with his bad speaking. <laughs> Be very quiet. I hunt rabbis. <laughs> we see the rabbi he hunts, Bugs Bunny, famous bunny rabbi, leans against a carrot while eating a tree. He makes sass. Yeah. What's up, Doc? Elmer aims his gun at Bugs. This is Elmer's personality. Yeah. Death does not work for me. Foolish fud. I dig holes, but no graves. Elmer fires his gun. Bugs no longer has a head. <laughs> Bugs gets a new head. Nothing has changed. Nothing has improved. Nothing. Stop! It is not the season of me! Bugs points at a sign that says, Duck season. The sign indicates what creature Earth has grown tired of. Observe! A duck with life to take. Bugs points to a duck made out of dynamite and anvils. This is a trick all rabbis know and pull. <laughs> Elmer believes this is a true duck because his brain is a gun. Only we angels should fly. Die, bud. <laughs> Elmer fuds up the duck. <laughs> it explodes differently than a true duck. Smoke clears. Elmer is dead, except not. He smiles, and his teeth are piano keys because he eats pianos. <laughs> yeah, man is a sucker. I lied with sign. Bugs flips duck season sign to true sign. Blank sign. <laughs> Pork pig appears. He's... He also injures words by speaking wrongly. I don't even know how to do a porky pig. <laughs> Folks, this is completion. It's perfect. That's perfect. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> if Mel Blanc haunts me tonight, I'm going to tell him thank you. <laughs> Honestly, the best That's haunting the right you could have. That's the right thing to do. There are worse hauntings. Without a doubt, there's worse hauntings. Guys, go get Keaton Patty's book. I forced Bot to write this book, AI Meets BS. The man's a genius. Follow him on Twitter. On Twitter, so good. <laughs> oh, the Photoshop stuff he does is just it's insane. next level. It's absolutely insane. And now I think we can give this thing a super stuff score. First up, story and motivation. It's meta. It's to super put it meta. lightly. Robin wants a movie. Yeah, and it's a movie about Robin already. It's a, so... a movie about Robin where Robin wants to be in a movie. And... I love how we go through this because he does get his arch nemesis. He does have to save the day. Yeah. And weirdly enough, the world is going to become hypnotized due to his movie. Exactly. I'm going to go one. I think it's a one. I also love that there's no lesson. There, it's not that type of movie. He tries and- It's not that type of movie. It's not that type of movie. One. Hero. Booyah! Booyah! Teen Titans. Teen go. Titans. And they are heroic. They really are, and they, they come together today. really well. They, they do. work together really well. Robin can't fly, so he uses Cyborg's body as a jetpack. Amazing. I love it. Smart. I'm going to go one. One. Agreed. Villains. Slade. Slade. It's a good plan. Honestly? Making movies to distract the superheroes. All right, so based on the name Jade Wilson, I was like, all right, she's not all good. I know this from the beginning of the movie. I never expected that Jade Wilson was slayed in costume. Really? <laughs> Not the last once. name's Wilson. Oh, no. I knew that she was somehow connected okay. to the villain. I was like, she's a bad guy. Her name's Jade Wilson. So you're saying that you wore a rubber lady mask over <laughs> your supervillain costume? Never saw it coming. really sweaty. Never saw it coming. <laughs> it's Will Arnett. It's Will Arnett. And, and he's not overdoing uh, it. He's not. It's also a little jarring because he's Batman. <laughs> I'm over it. I am too. Once again, one. One. I agree. Teamwork. <laughs> I mean. Makes the dream work. It does. And the whole entire 
premise of this movie is them coming together to realize they're not like every other superhero. Exactly. And saving the day in their own way. Robin does leave the group for a little bit, which is... But he has to, or else what's the point of the whole movie? Exactly. Right. One. One. I love it. Female characters. Raven. Starfire. They're great. Super badass. Wonder Woman is in it, too. She absolutely is. She doesn't do much. It's great because she has a line where they're talking about who has superhero movies. And she's like, it took a while, but I got one. (laughs) Which is very good. It was a little late, but I got one finally. And and then the Green Lantern's like, yeah, I have one, but we don't talk about it. (laughs) Which is another great joke. Uh, I love Raven in this because she never, ever brings up the portal herself. Someone else always does. And she has like a, a smirk of like, guys, the portal. The portal. Come on. The one time she brings it up herself is against uh, Mecha Slade. Right. And it doesn't and work. And it doesn't work. <laughs> exactly, which is very good. Uh, Starfire is great. Starfire is very it's good. It's a lot of fun. Jade Wilson isn't really Jade Wilson. No, but it's got that Kristen Bell but energy. It's Kristen Bell energy. And, and I buy, I love that they made the giant head of superhero movies a woman. Which is terrific. It's amazing. One. One. I'll keep the train rolling. Out of I line. love this train. Setting. It's a pretty generic city. It is pretty generic. We get to go to Hollywood. We get to see where the Animaniacs live, which is awesome. Yeah. I, I do buy the back lot, the whole Hollywood setting. Right. And then the rest is really just generic city. Yeah. There's it's nothing, just it's jump city. Yeah. Nothing about it's that. It's got less crime than Gotham. I saw it on a sign. That's right. <laughs> which is amazing in itself. We do get to see Krypton. We do get to see Crime Alley. We That's do get true. to see Aquaman underwater. And we Aquaman. get to see Themyscira kind of briefly. Kind of. A part of it. For a second. I like this movie. One. One. Style and tone. I'm going to start at one. <laughs> yeah. You it's know what? It's such a simple animation style. The colors are so insanely Duke, vibrant. the colors. I can't get over how good the movie looks. Yeah. Yeah. And the they use different animation styles for like when they do the, the Lion King bit and when they do Robin's movie, they're using... At one point, they go full Batman the Animated Series when Robin is singing about my movie, my movie, my right, superhero movie. Right. And it's like, oh my God, movie. How are you doing all this? I'm going to go 1-5. One 1-5. Five. One five. I'm with you. I think that this thing just absolutely crushes. I'm absolutely with you. Music. I wasn't expecting this to be sort of a musical. I wasn't either. But boy, was I happy when it was. The upbeat, inspirational song. Oh. There's not really any lyrics to that. Besides Michael Bolton realistically saying, it's an upbeat, inspirational song about Basically life. about life, yeah. But they brought in Michael. I have a theory that Michael Bolton, you just walk up to him and you're like, hey, Michael Bolton, I've got an idea. And he's like, yes. yeah, I'm in. Do you, do you want to hear the idea? I'm in. No. No. I'm going to sing a song for whatever you need. What a cinephile. I love him. I love him. <laughs> you also get... The Superman theme by John Williams. You get the Batman theme by Danny Elfman. You do? You get the Alan Silvestri Back to the Future theme in this movie. This movie really knows how to use music. And realistically, it is the crutch at the end of the movie. Yeah. That helps them defeat and the big bad. The original songs hold up and are super catchy. 1-5. One 1-5. Five. One five. Again, I I feel like that's low, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in 1-5. Because this isn't Patreon, and we're not making a mockery of the Super Stuff scale, but right, this movie's that good. Yep. One-liners. Oh, my God. It's loaded. It's loaded. There's so many. I'm going to start at one I again. Think it's an easy one. It's an easy one. And maybe we leave it there just for the sake of being reasonable people. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm glad you helped us get to that point there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I understand what's happening already with this score. 
you think you do, but, but now we have to talk about impact on the genre. It's not that old. It's not that old. It did not get a lot of eyes on it. No, it did not. And, and I, that, again, I will say it again, is a crime. It is. A hundred percent, this movie deserves to be seen more. This is one of the first animated, hand-animated movies in a while that didn't get a nomination for uh, Best Animated Picture. Which blows my mind. It's insane to me. 91% Rotten Tomatoes yeah. out of 130 top critic reviews or whatever it is. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a very high number for an animated kids movie. I think that's the trouble with it, though, is yeah. that it is a little confused where it wants to land because it obviously lands perfectly with me and you. Right. I'd be curious to see how actual children receive it. I don't know if they'd get a lot of it. I agree. And I think that's the biggest problem about it. Yeah. I'm going to go either 0.5 or 0.25. I'm feeling a 0.25 here. I think that's fair. Yeah. I was willing to go zero on it, to be honest. But I think 0.25 is probably more appropriate because- Wait, hold on. Hold, time, time out. So, uh, everyone stop listening for oh, a yeah, second. Yeah. Okay, uh, side, sidebar. Brian, I really like this movie. Yeah, me too. I, I, do, I don't want to give it a zero. You no. know, I do think that's the appropriate thing for it. Honestly, I think even if we gave this thing a zero, you wouldn't be disappointed in the final score. But I really like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The question is, do you want it to be a perfect 10 or do you want it to be over 10? I want it to be over 10. I really like okay, it. Okay, 0.25 then. Okay, 0.25. All right, 0.25. Okay. okay. Everyone and we're come back. back. We're back. You Everyone can listen again. Back. Uh, 0.25 for impact of the genre. Right. That's just off the dome. Yeah. Uh, no discussion really needed about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. It, it's I a mean, 0.25. I think we made our points pretty clear. Yeah. There's no underlying anything. That's going to that give needs resolving. <laughs> Teen Titans go <laughs> to the movies a total score of 10.25. Somehow too low. Somehow life uh finds a way. It absolutely does. Guys, I cannot state enough that you need to watch this movie. For real. Highly recommend. This is one of those rare incredibly highly recommended films. If you have been along with us on this ride long enough to have seen a lot of these movies, you will definitely appreciate this movie. Oh, absolutely. The more familiar you are with the comic book movie genre, the better this lands. Without a doubt. And this thing is just going to go down easy every single time. Every time. Honest, the third watch in two days, I was still excited. <laughs> it's that good. I was like, yes, bring it on. This thing is, it really is like a, a gem. This is a secret masterpiece of a superhero movie. Yeah. Crack an egg on it. Caca! <laughs> One-liners. They're killing it, man. What are we talking about next week? Next week, we're going to be bringing back a buddy of ours. We sure are. Because he was on the first one of this movie. Right? And we're doing the sequel. Exactly. It's our amateur men in black enthusiast, Kyle from the Experience Card Podcast. That's right. And he's going to be joining us for Men in Black 2. Exactly. I have not seen this one in a long time. It's been a very long time since I've watched this. I'm excited to go back. It's always a fun world to go back to. It is. And I don't remember a thing that happens in this movie, so that makes it even more exciting. I got nothing. I don't remember anything about this movie. Not a single thing. It's like blank slate. One of my favorite ways to go into a movie. Same. Especially uh, when I know, like, I know I liked it. Right. At one point, as much as I, know. I enjoyed this movie, and now I get to revisit it, not remembering a thing about it. Perfect. Is that what amnesia feels like? Maybe. Just general excitement about experiencing the world? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to imagine there's a lot of confusion yeah. and scary things. Yeah, that makes more sense, actually. Kind of like a Brendan Fraser blast from the past when he gets on the bus. <laughs> Here we go! Like that type of thing. Are you invoking the Frage? Yeah. On our show? Yeah. 
<laughs> Monkey Bone, coming soon. No! No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No! Unless Roger deems it so. I would do The Mummy on Patreon someday. Fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Something to mull Not over. anytime soon. No, no, no. Don't hold your breath for it. <laughs> you will drown. You will die. Yeah, drown's the wrong word for holding your breath. <laughs> Unless you're underwater. Then you will drown, yes. Yeah, yeah. But even if you're underwater, hold your breath. You should hold your breath underwater. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I say things before thinking about them, <laughs> and that's how we end up here. It is a miracle you've made it this long in life. It in is. In general. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, Men in Black 2. Until then, be sure to rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow us on. Visit all of our social media, at Kate Podcasters. We're on everything. We're having a a blast just sharing stupid stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Are. Every time a trailer drops, you can, you can count on us to share that so you can, you can see it. We just saw Venom a few weeks ago, the Let There Be Carnage. That's exciting. The poster for that kicks ass. I love it. From the inside of Carnage. Uh-huh. I love it. I love it Big so fan. much. Also, speaking of posters, if you go to keeppodcasters.com, at the very bottom, we have a countdown calendar for like the next five movie review uh, releases. Right. Brian's been updating it for the past year. Yeah, so. yeah, about <laughs> because nothing's come out and you had to keep changing things. Things get pushed, so I'm glad that you now know how to work that. Which oh yeah, is great. I have a whole spreadsheet of just superhero movie releases at this point. But I like how we're checking some things off now. We it's are nice. It's the Loki coming real soon. Real soon. Real soon. Black Widow coming real soon. Right around the corner, and then I'm gonna have to update that list again. Oh yeah, I'm gonna bring some some Eternals onto it. Maybe some Spider Man. Morbius, some Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, there's some stuff coming. Ah, it's so exciting. Follow us on Patreon. That's where we're putting out our exclusive not-so-super movies, like this month's Armageddon, coming soon, as well as our other 15 awesome movies that we handpicked to talk about. Our not-so-super movies, which doesn't mean they're not super. It right. means that they're just not superhero. Exactly. That's it. Uncomic book related. Right, and sometimes they make a mockery. Of the not so super stuff score. Oh yeah, if you think a ten point two five is That's extreme, nothing. <laughs> Join us on Patreon. Uh, shout out to Micah for his generous increase in donation. Micah, we love you, bud, and we'll talk about you real soon again. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any questions or comments, you can send them to katepodcasters at gmail dot com, or you can stay tuned on our Facebook page for our. Recording day posts that we do, asking for questions about the specific movie we're talking about. Right, and speaking of Micah, he's got our first question. All right. He wants to know, with only DC heroes in mind, okay, who is the stupidest superhero in their arsenal? Oh, I that's have two. That's tough. No thought involved. No thought involved. That's All right, I'm going to have to think about it because I'm not as familiar with DC. I have Arm Fall Off Boy. That's a thing. Uh-huh. His superpower is his arms fall off. Yeah, I, okay. Well, at least he's appropriately named. Uh-huh. And the other one I have is Matter Eater Lad. Matter Eater Lad. Yep. He just eats things. He can tell you what they are after he eats it. Oh, that's good. That might be useful in, in some applications. That's it. But uh, he can eat anything. They sound pretty stupid. Uh-huh. They're pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know much about DC uh, in their expanded character universe, but I do know that a lot of people make fun of Aquaman, and there's an Aqualad. There sure is an Aqualad. So, Aqualad is my pick, I think. Maybe. I, think I don't he's know. an original Teen Titan, too. Well, how about that? Yeah, I think. I connected don't it back. Don't quote me on that. Uh, I could Google it. I have the ability to. Yeah. I'm not. We have the technology. I'm not. Oh, oh, hold on. Yeah. 
one of the Wonder Twins could only turn into water things, right? <laughs> Is that true? That's who I pick. <laughs> Whichever of the Wonder Twins could only transform into water. Okay. That works. Bam. That's stupid. <laughs> that is pretty like stupid. one of them could only do a bird and the other one could only do water. That's not very wondrous. No. I wonder who thought of that. Well, all right. <laughs> Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. Bill Hawkins. Okay. He's got a question for us. He says, I've never seen this movie and you need to change that, Phil. Yeah, ASAP. Immediately. But the poster seems to indicate that Batman at least makes an appearance. He sure does. He sure does. It's Jimmy fucking Kimmel. It's Jimmy Kimmel. Phil wants to know. Did he or did he not touch another man's rhubarb in this film? Oh, that's such a good question. The rule states, you never, never touch another man's rhubarb. I would have to imagine this Batman, though. <laughs> he might be into He's rhubarb. rhubarb touching. Yeah, yeah. I like that he giggles with Commissioner Gordon for, like, no reason. They high five. I love it. Like, we made another movie. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. He might be touching some rhubarb. I think he's a rhubarb toucher for sure. It's probably happening. Got that big crafty table, too. Yeah. And he's, like... Weirdly silent. He is. For Jimmy Kimmel, Yeah, not talking is something that doesn't do often. Yeah. So it's so probably busy. Strange. Touch another touch man's another rhubarbs. Man's rhubarbs. Never touch another man's rhubarbs. Come on. Phil, I want to personally thank you for bringing to the attention of everybody that you never, ever touch another man's rhubarb. That is a throwback. I love it. It is a throwback. But it's important to note. It's it been way too long since it's been said. It's been a long time. And if you've been touching rhubarb, you're the villain. It's true. So Phil, you're the real hero. Thank you. Where does he get all those wonderful toys? <laughs> I need to go back and watch that again. It's been a little it, while now. It's been a long time since I've seen it. So it's due for a revisit. We probably should revisit on the show, I feel like, at a point. I think at some point it, it'd be warranted. That'd be the one. Yeah. Like our first episode out of the gate. Oh, man. You could feel the rust. <laughs> <laughs> that might be appropriate for like a 150 or a 200 kind of deal. Something like that. Yeah. A, a monument. As we like to say. We'll get there. We'll get there. You got anything else? I got nothing. Fantastic. We'll see you guys next week for Men in Black 2. Same pod time. Same pod cameo.